Hello, it has been a while, but once again, welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Huddle. Now everyone, it's been a couple weeks since I put out my last episode, but let me explain why I have not been hitting your airwaves. I've had some technical difficulties, and to be honest, let's get into it. Real quick, before I get into what this episode is going to be about, and it's going to be about one thing and one thing only. It's going to be, I wanted it initially to be about an Eagles-Giants recap, but you know what? We're just going to talk Giants. But before we do that, so the other a couple weeks ago, I tried to turn on my laptop, wanted to uh, just check out a couple things, and it died, and the screen went black, and I couldn't turn it on. It was fully charged. I could charge it, but I couldn't turn it on. So I'm thinking, uh uh-oh, is there like an Apple black screen of death as opposed to the blue screen of death? So I get this. I take it to the Apple store, and I don't know about everybody that's listening to this episode right now, but I don't know if it's me, but when you walk into Apple, does the air smell like there's just currency in the air? Like, it just smells expensive just walking into the Apple store. It just feels like, let me stand up a little bit straight and articulate myself a little bit better. Because it just feels like everything is supposed to be better in the Apple store. But anywho, as we move along. So I get there and I say, hey, look, my Apple um, laptop is not turning on. Could you take a look at it? Do you have an appointment? Uh, no, but my, okay, what you need to do is you need to book yourself an appointment and then come back. I was like, yeah, but it's just a, you need to book an appointment. And it's almost now like going to the barbershop or a car dealership. You need to book yourself an appointment and there is no, yeah, um, can you just take a look? Yeah, we could take a look after you book your appointment. So I booked my appointment and... I show up like real early for the appointment a couple of days later after I had booked it. And they're like, well, you're early for the appointment. And I wanted to be responsible thinking being early would be good. They were like, your appointment's at 8.30. It's 8.05. You're early. Okay. You need to wait. Wow. Not that I was mad at that, but you know, it's almost like a literal machine in there where they really wanted you to wait that long. But anyway... So what the issue was with my laptop was me being a sports fanatic that I am. I go on illegal sites to watch the games for free and going on those sites. Sometimes when you download the Adobe software that those sites want, they're not really downloading Adobe. They're putting all this other stuff in your computer with the mask and the disguise of saying it's Adobe. And pretty much a whole bunch of other things were downloaded on my laptop to where It wasn't messing up my laptop with like viruses. It was like having 50 things run at once. And my computer just said, oh, no, we're not doing this anymore. So he pretty the guy, the the, the technician pretty much was able to delete everything. And it's running so much faster to the point where I'm like, wow, how much did I have illegally downloaded on here? So the point and the moral of this story is whenever you go on a site, and they ask you to download Adobe Flash Player, do not download it from that site. Go onto Google Chrome or however browser you use and download your Flash Player from, just go to adobe.com and download the Flash Player from there. 
Because apparently these sites are slick and they mask it. And they that's how they install illegal things into your laptop. So anywho, I got all that deleted. We back up and running. And let's talk about, you already know what time it is, some sports. Um, now, the Eagles at Giants. This was a very pivotal game because this was a game in which you felt that at 1-4 and four, and the way the rest of the division was looking in the NFC East, if the Giants could have pulled out a victory, they really could have saved their season, put themselves back in the mix, and they could have been finding themselves finding themselves in a scenario in which they actually could salvage something with their season. Because prior to them playing the Eagles, they were one and four. The Eagles were two and two. I'm sorry, two and three. The Cowboys are two and three. And the Redskins are two and two. So you figured if the Cow if the Giants would have won, everybody would have had two wins. The Giants would have been one game behind. You have confidence. You have a, um, a a conference rival win, and you feel good about yourselves. But did that happen? No. What happened was, and I I, I could go through. I, I I take notes. I mean, I could talk about the first possession and how on the second play of the game, the first pass play, Eli threw a pick. It was a deflection pick. And by the way. I've said this before. Eli Manning is the most deflection-prone quarterback of all time. I mean, Google Eli Manning interceptions, and I'm not saying players don't make plays and he doesn't throw it right to the defensive back, but, like, over half of his interceptions are what happened on Sunday. I mean, I'm sorry, on Thursday. He throws it. The defender sticks his hand in the, the receiver's chest. Bats the ball up in the air. The other defender picks the ball. Amazing. We could talk about that. We could talk about Saquon Barkley, how he he had 200 yards by himself and almost single-handedly beat the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. But it, 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 it didn't work out that way. The defense, as usual, came out. I mean, there's so many things. I mean, let's, there are so many things that we could take away from the game. I just want to take away a few, just these few things. This is painful to talk about this right now. But when you look at Saquon Barkley, he had 13 rushes for 130 yards. Nine receptions for 99 yards. He would have been the first giant rookie to have over 100 yards receiving and rushing at the same damn time. And in saying that, as dominant, and he had a touchdown to throw in, but as dominant as he was, the Giants wind up losing this game 34 to 13. It was at, it was a point in the game where Saquon Barkley had way over 100 yards of offense and the rest of the team had like 18. So we could talk about um, the, the this who and what, but I'm choosing to go in a different direction. I'm choosing to go in the direction that I want to talk to you about. Well, what that was right there was I'm looking at ESPN and I'm recording this live. That was ESPN. <laughs> and one of those pop-up videos came up and I didn't pause it. So, you know, hey, like I tell you, I'm not recording this like 10, 20 times in a row. It's live, baby. As live as it gets. That's how we do it when we do in the Man Cave Huddle. 
What I wanted to talk about is what's wrong with the New York Giants? Because when you saw that game, you could clearly see, A, in the words of Bill Parcells, you are, it doesn't matter what you think you are. It doesn't matter what people say you are. You are what your record says you are. The Giants are 1-5. And, and at this point right now, the Giants are the worst franchise in the NFL. I'm a Giant fan, and I'm saying that. I'm not throwing no shade. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving the Giants any smoke. If anybody has a problem with anything I'm saying, at Man Cave Huddle, Twitter, DM me, whatever. Let's talk about it. But that game on Sunday, a lot of illumination occurred for me. And this is what I saw in that game. Everybody's getting on um, Eli Manning like it's solely his fault. It's not what's happening right now with the Giants. For me, I'm going to break it down systematically. Because that game on Thursday was a culmination of what's wrong. Management has let down Eli Manning, the Giant fans, the Giant team, in that you know you have a quarterback at Eli Manning that is old in terms of his style of play. He's not mobile. He's not going to extend the play. So what do you need to do? When Eli is most effective, he needs to have a wall in front of him. He needs to be able to survey the defense, and he could get busy. Over the past couple of years, the Giants haven't done that. I mean, I, when you look at the draft history of the Giants, I mean, usually every couple of draft classes, you retain a couple of players. But let's look at draft classes from 2011. And after, after 2011, where that was the year we won the Super Bowl, the second time against the Patriots. In 2012, first round, you drafted David Wilson. He had a neck injury, had to retire early. Ruben Randall. Never never flourished. J. Ron Hosley, never flourished. Adrian Robinson, Brandon Mosley, Matt McCants, Marcus Kuhn. In 2013, you drafted an offensive lineman in Justin Pugh in the first round, who's no longer on the team. Jonathan Hankins, Demontre Moore, Ryan Nassib, other players no longer on the team. 2014, this was the year that a lot of people got their job saved because you drafted Odell Beckham, Weston Richburg, who's no longer on the team, an offensive lineman, Jay Bromley, Andre Williams, Nate Burhey, Devon Kennard, Bennett Jackson. 2015, you had a little bit of rhythm going. So you drafted Eric Flowers in the first round with the number nine overall pick, offensive tackle from the U, Landon Collins. I don't know how to say his, his first name, but it was Owambagay Odigizua, Michael Thompson, Jeremy Davis, and a guard Bobby Hart. I mean, we could go on and on, but what I'm saying is a lot of these players have not panned out for the past couple of years. And knowing that with the player that Eli Manning is, management did not put the proper offensive line in place. To help Eli Manning. Because I don't want to say they didn't give him any tools. Because it almost felt like when Eli first came to the Giants. He had the line. But not young weapons. Now he has young weapons in Odell Beckham. Sterling Shepard. Evan Ingram. 
Saquon Barkley. But he has nobody to block, so he has no time. Now let's go to Eli Manning. We talked about the offensive line, but Eli Manning, he's been in the league for 10-plus years. You can't keep doing the same thing every year expecting the same result. I understand Eli Manning is not mobile, but you have to figure out a way to extend the play. I'm not saying you need to be Michael Vick. I'm not saying you need to be Patrick Mahomes. I'm not even saying you need to be Aaron Rodgers. But watch a quarterback like Tom Brady, who's not that mobile, not that athletic in terms of being a running quarterback. But what does he do? He steps up in the pocket, slides to the left, slides to the right, might run to the sideline. Everybody knows Tom Brady's not going to scamper down the sideline for 50 yards. So once they run to Brady, he gets down or lays down before they get an opportunity to hit him. And that's what happens. The same rules occur for Eli Manning. Once you get close to Eli Manning, he's on the ground before you can even put a hand on him. In saying that, he needs to have scramble rules to where if I scramble this way, wherever you are on the fifth, I'm scrambling to the right. Wherever you are, break to the right. Break deep middle. If I step up, that means bust it down and go deep. If I scramble to the left, break your route and go left. And I know he's not the most mobile quarterback. But you know what? I'm sure right now all of our moms, dads, grandparents not only know how to use a cell phone, text, they probably even have Twitter and Facebook. So don't tell me that you cannot sit there and teach your old dog new tricks. That was that, That's back in the days talk. Another problem with the Giants, leadership. Who's the leader on the team? Back in the, I mean, Eli is not the type of player in which you look at him and you say, in the locker room, he's going to get up in your face and say, let's go, baby, let's go. He's not that type of player. Now, when he's on the field, he's going to give you instructions and look at you right in your eye and expect you to do what he tells you to do, and you're going to get it done because of his pedigree and his experience winning two Super Bowls. But where's the Justin Tucks? Where's the Michael Strahan's? The Brandon Jacobs? The Antonio Pierce's? Where are those guys? where they'll slap people's heads, they'll sit there and get in people's faces and get people amped up, ready to, go to, ready to go to battle. You don't have that. Now, there are two types of leaders in modern sports now. There's the financial leader, where when you look at how much money he's making, how much security that player has, you sit there and think, he's going to be here for the rest of his career, so he kind of has some type of say. And with the investment that the Giants made in Odell Beckham, you feel that case to be true. Should they have done that or not? You have a top five receiver in a passing league. They felt that Eli Manning still had enough gas left in the tank. And the gas that Eli Manning has left in the tank, look, I love Eli. He's my favorite player. He will go in the Hall of Fame first ballot. If you have a problem with that, at me, Man Cave Huddle, first ballot Hall of Fame, Eli Manning. 
But what I will say is this. I don't know how much gas is left in the tank, but what I do know is this. The light symbol is on, and we need to get to the gas station now. You know when you're driving on the highway, and it says next exit 18 miles away, and the light symbol just came on, and your heart starts beating real fast, like, can we get there? That's where we are right now with Eli Manning. So let's, let, let, let's understand, maybe we put too much faith in thinking, all right, we're going to lock down Odell, and that's going to secure everything. That doesn't seem to be the case. I'm not saying he's not a leader, but he is the type of athlete where he leads through, he's the type of athlete where he leads through his play, not his behavior, not him getting the team riled up before the game. There are some athletes that lead through, did you see the play that he just made? I need to step my game up. Odell Beckham's behavior on the sidelines with the antics, with the punching, the tantrums and all that, that's what you don't want to see in a leader. But then when you see him on the field, Grabbing a five-yard slant, taking it 85 yards to the house, that's inspiring. Maybe he's like a, a, like he's a, a, a leader on the field, but not off of it. There's an emotional leader. There's a soul. There's a heartbeat leader to the team. I don't know if Barkley could be that or if that player is even on the team right now. But right now, the Giants lack leadership, and they need a player to rally the troops, stand in the middle of the locker room, put his fist in the air, and have everybody come together and put their fists in. Everybody unite and say, look, it is what it is right now. We're one in five. But you know what? We're not going out like that. And if we do lose, it's going to be a fight to where when you wake up the next day, you know those aren't the regular Giants that we've seen on tape. Because what we saw in front of us is a totally different ball game. I mean, when you look at this kid, Barkley, an amazing talent. The runs, the talent. But as a rookie, it's hard being a leader. Because you're talking about guys that have been in the league 10, 12, 15 years, and you don't even know where the bathroom is in the facility, and I'm supposed to follow you? Good joke. But Barkley's looking like that type of guy. I mean, it's disappointing to see where the Giants are right now because obviously it's as bad as it's been since Eli was drafted, and we're talking about over a decade. And in saying that, where do the Giants go from here? You know where the Giants go from here. They're probably going to get a top 10, top 5 draft pick. You got to look at replacing the quarterback position. And in saying that, most importantly, what the Giants had to do is improve the culture in the locker room, improve the confidence, instilling some swagger. And you know what? It's almost like before I finish this episode, the Giants need to get to a point where 
it's like you are at the club and you sit there and you say to yourself, I'm going to wait for girls to come up and talk to me. I'm not a celebrity, but I'm going to wait for girls to come up to, and talk to me. And at the end of the night, when nobody comes up and talks to me, I'm upset and I wonder why. Or I could take matters into my own hands and say, you know what? I'm at the club and I'm going to talk to a minimum of five girls. And I know that with my confidence, I could at least bag two to three out of those five girls. And the point that I'm trying to make is this. I feel that the Giants are just waiting for victory to happen. And they're not going up and trying to take victory. Confidence, swagger, leadership. That's what the Giants need right now. And they also need, obviously, more talent and an improvement on this roster. This really didn't wind up being an Eagles-Giants recap. It wound up being what's wrong with the Giants. In my opinion, that's what it is. As I do with every episode, and it's been a while, I want to end it with a positive quote. And today's positive quote is, The strongest people are not those who show strength in front of us, but those who win battles we know nothing about. Indeed, my friend. Let's say that again. The strongest people are not those who show strength in front of us, but those who win battles we know nothing about. For the first time in a long time. Thank you for listening. And bye-bye, everybody.